Welcome to the Chicago Bears Podcast. A presentation of ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. Here's your host, Pat, the designer. Bear Bears fans, welcome into another edition of the Chicago Bears podcast. Wednesday is here, which means we got Jason McKee in the building. Official Chicago Bears sideline reporter, Jason McKee. <laughs> J-Mac, what's going on, brother? What's good, man? What's good? Hey, man, I'm just excited that there's more Bears football heading our way. Got a lot to get into on today's episode. Man, predicting the offensive side of the football. We got to get into this because what is this roster going to look like heading into the season, especially with a lot of the injury concerns that we have now? Is there going to be more people on one side than the other? We'll talk about that on today's episode. Also, could Tariq Cohen be making a return to the orange and blue? Hold on now. Tariq, you coming back? We'll talk about that. And finally, fourth quarter fan questions. We said that we're going to keep that as a segment. Be on the lookout for the tweet every time we put it out and drop your biggest questions of the episode. Uh, We'll be talking about that on today's episode of the Chicago Bears podcast. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the page. We talk Bears five days a week. Leave the five-star review. Let's get into the show, J-Mac. First quarter. The offensive side of the football we got some question marks, but we do have to at least give our prediction on where we kind of think this team is going to be going and how we who we think is going to make this roster. So let's start it off. Quarterback position is Justin Fields going to make the roster. I kid. Uh, <laughs> but seriously, starting off with the quarterback position, though, right? Like we've got a lot of talk about young Tyson Bajant. Unfortunately, you know, P.J. Walker has looked Bad. I guess that's all you can say. He's looked bad pretty much the entire training camp and preseason. And Nathan Peterman is just Nathan Peterman, right? Are the Bears going to carry four quarterbacks into the season or is somebody going to miss the cut? Not a chance. Not a chance they carry four. Now, here's, here's the thing, right? So, obviously, Justin Fields, he's going to be the first person on the roster that matches, matches jersey number. For so sure. Number one guy on the roster. Yeah. Um, yeah, you look at P.J. Walker, right? You sign him to that that you know a decent deal uh, for a backup um, this offseason. and you know he didn't look good. Obviously, week week one in the preseason game, he didn't look he didn't have a lot of opportunities against the Colts, but he didn't look good. Uh, he did have two drop passes. Remember, Equinemius St. Brown dropped the pass, and he yeah. also I think it was Stephen Carlson also dropped the pass. So, still a small sample size. You know what I'm saying? I know that, that the guy can play when he's given his opportunity. He's got more experience than a Tyson Bajant, but we saw what Tyson Bajant did that game. I was there. I saw it, you know, firsthand being on the sideline in a 17 play drive, you know, from a guy who doesn't get a lot of reps in practice, you know, like, I mean, he's getting sometimes a third string reps, sometimes a four string reps, depending on how they mix it in with him and Peterman. So, I mean, during the team period, he, he, he mainly get four, four reps, you know what I'm saying? And to have that type of poise in command of the offense, right that he had, uh, you know, when he went in the game, it, it was eye-opening to me, for sure. Yeah. And I was right there. I mean, it looked like he'd been running this system for a long time. And I had the opportunity to, to interview him in the locker room, and I was wondering, because he was so poised, he was so calm, he was so in control, you know, I asked him, was this a, is this offense similar to the one that, that he ran at Shepherd University? And he said, he said some things were similar, he said, but, but for the most part, it was different. 
you said it was different because terminology and, and, and the types of route concepts that we run in, in the bear system was a lot different. So that made me more intrigued about, you know, how he commanded the office, because that just goes to show you, right. He's a guy who's getting mostly mental reps because he's not yeah. taking all those reps, but then he went out there and applied those mental reps, you know, at a high level. Uh, so I, I, I'm really excited. You know, I, I'm excited where in terms of his timing, he got the ball out in rhythm. He was accurate. He had commanded the offense. And it just like it just seemed like he had energy. You know what I mean? It just seemed like he was in the system, like like it was his second year in the system. Yeah. You know what I mean, so very intrigued by that. Uh, so, I, you know, Coach Flu said it is an open competition at, at the quarterback spot, the number two spot. But it makes you wonder, right, how comfortable are you or how comfortable are the Bears at having a number two quarterback who doesn't have any real experience. You know what I mean? That's, that's the catch 22 because, yeah. because we don't want nothing to happen to Jay Fields. Obviously, you know, nothing's got, nothing's going to happen to Jay Fields this season. Yeah. But the backup quarterback has to prepare like he's the number one quarterback in the NFL because things do happen, but how comfortable are the bears and how comfortable as you, how comfortable do you think the bears are in having him as the number two, if he was to be the number two quarterback when that final roster set? I, I think that the, the, part that's tough right is you always have that question mark of how comfortable are guys showing and how quickly are they getting acclimated to the system as much as we want to I want to shoot PJ Bale and say you know it's his first year in the system but it's Tyson Bajan's first year in the league I want to shoot PJ uh, uh, Bale and say, well, you know, he's he's uh, doesn't have the uh, opportunity to play with a guy like DJ Moore, which he's comfortable with to make his life easier. Mm -hmm. But neither does Tyson Bajan. Tyson Bajan is driving the Bears down the field 17 plays. Man, I, I mean, he showed I everything that, too on that drive. Yeah, I mean, it looked good too, right? Like, and so I think that yeah, you, you realistically have to you have to go with the person that to me is more comfortable in the system heading into the season. PJ, like, if PJ looked at all comfortable with what he was running, if he looked like he had a command at all of what he was running. Like PJ's the better athlete. PJ's got the better arm. PJ's gonna be able to get it downfield. PJ, like, but I mean, every time he tries to take a shot downfield, he overthrows it. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. it's and and guess what? That's what backup quarterbacks are gonna do, but you can't overthrow it into the defense's arms. That puts you in bad situations. I think that they would be okay running with with Tyson Badgett on the roster. But I think in that sense, you're probably keeping a guy like Nathan Peterman, who's been in the league, who's been able to come in, who's going to be able to mentor the young guy, probably still somewhere in there as your number two with Bajent on the on the side is like, you're kind of the number two, but we don't want to throw you out there in the worst case scenario here that Justin Fields yeah. does get hurt. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a quarterback room coming into the season of Fields, Peterman and Bajent. Yeah. I think at this point, I'm not going to lie, I would be surprised if we saw a room of Fields, PJ, and Peterman. Because to me, you're 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 basically saying the work that you put in in the offseason don't matter. Mm -hmm. The work you put in in training camp don't matter. We 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 keeping him because we paid him. <laughs> yeah, I agree. But but even with that, I, I want to see more though. You know what I mean? I want to yeah. see more. I want to see that again. If I if I'm the GM and I'm the OC, if I'm Getsy, yeah, I want to see if you can do it again. I want oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I want to see if you can do it against Buffalo. Now, we know he's not going to do it against the starters, and Buffalo's yeah. got a hell of a defense. Oh, man. they got You talk about <laughs> you talk about a front seven. Them guys. Oh, yeah. They got some guys, man. It, and, and I was looking at their roster, and it's like, it's it, make, it makes me scratch my head. Like, how did they get all these guys? Yeah. You got Vaughn Miller. You got Leonard Floyd. 
I mean, you got Greg Rousseau. I mean, I mean, you got a ton of guys over there that can make plays. And obviously, we won't see Tyson against those guys. But I want to see if he can do the same thing. I want to see if he can command that offense again, right, and lead him on another long drive and come back, give him, give him more opportunities, you know, because he only got, I think, what, a series and a half last week. He got the second – but he had the second quarter, 17-play drive, then he came back out, I think it was before halftime, and then Peterman was in. Uh, but but I want to see more, and I want to see more of PJ Walker. Like I, I need to see. Okay, you had two, you know, two not so great preseason games. You still got limited amount of reps in both. So I need to see more. Like is it a, is it a case to where, you know, PJ needs more opportunities? He needs more drives to get in the rhythm. Because look look at the first game, he didn't get a lot of tick. Yeah. The second game, he didn't get a lot of tick. So you know, I need to see more from both. I need to see more from all three of those guys to really no. determine you know, what direction that we're going to go in terms of the quarterback room. And another thing, too, you got to keep in mind, and I know a lot of people have been saying this, Ken Tyson Bajan, can you hide him on the practice squad? And I think that's a 100% no. I think yeah, I, I, I think he gets enough. picked up, man. I don't, I, don't, I don't think that you can hide yeah. Tyson Bajan. He's going he gonna to get scooped up like ice cream dessert, baby. As soon as can we put him keep him there, just for his dad? No lie. Have you seen any of his dad's stuff? Bro, I – I, mean, no, I, see, but I know he's like, I ain't, I ain't messing with his dad. Hey, bro, I love I, – I, I started watching, as Carmen was talking about on uh, Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000, how he went down a rabbit hole of watching his dad, Travis Bajan, and what he does. And, dog, as you watch this stuff, like, this man talks trash so phenomenally, bro. I hope Tyson's successful just so that we can see a little bit of that. Like, this dude might just have goat gene built into him, and we just ain't seen it yet, bro, because I'm sitting here watching his dad. His dad, literally, he's, by the way, his dad's an arm wrestler. Yeah, I know. He's a professional arm yeah. wrestler. He's the goat. This dude almost had his dad pinned. He almost had Travis pinned, and he looked him in the eye and said, you better get it up. You better get up. You better get up. You're not going to win. You better get up. And then slowly just brought it back. I That's was crazy. like, what is this? It, it, he has a podcast. I believe it's called Call Me the Goat. Like, like this mark is the goat, bro. I love it. Well, his son, I mean, I mean, he, he's he's a heck of a player, man. He really is. And it's, it's, it's real exciting, right? It, it happens all the time, right? You get somebody in camp, and it's always, you know, we don't know what position it's going to be, but there's always like this this unknown guy, this Cinderella guy in training camp that comes out yeah. of nowhere. You know what I mean? It just, it seeks all expectations and now you got to make tough decisions and, and quiet is kept. That's what the, that's what the, the GMs and these coaches want. Like these coaches want to have to make tough decisions. And our, and I remember being in camp and our position coach, you always say, Hey, make it tough on me. Make it hard. Yeah. Make it hard for us to decide who we're going to keep. And that's these guys jobs. And, and this, this is the last, I mean, just think about it after this game on Saturday, right? There's going to be a lot of guys looking for more opportunities, right? Because you're only going to keep 53. You're going to keep 16 practice squad guys. So a lot of guys ain't going to be in that locker room, right? And a lot of guys, once this once this Saturday, this game's over, the reality is there's going to be some guys that will never play football again. Yeah. Right? Unless it's like a turkey bowl for Thanksgiving. And, and that's not even that's trying tough. to be funny. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm not even trying to be funny, but that's the reality. You know what I mean? So – and, and, and that's the thing, like, with, with any level, and I, and I tell my high school kids this all the time, and I've been telling them this, especially seniors. You know, we talk about opportunities. Well, your seniors, high school, you got nine guaranteed games. So you have nine opportunities that's guaranteed. You make the playoffs, you earn more opportunities. So, yeah. And it's the same thing for them. I tell them, hey, guys, like, for some of you guys, you're going to go on and play college ball. 
some of you guys, this will be the last time you play football. So you got to take advantage of the opportunities. And, you know, Tyson Bates is a guy who's making the most of his opportunities. Yeah. You know, and 100 percent. I love it. I love I love to see it, man. You love to see those camp guys pop out. Let's take a look at this offensive line. I think this is the biggest question mark on the team as a whole, right? Of course, you're going to have your starters. And remember, the Bears have to carry Tevin Jenkins through the 50 man, uh, 53 man roster to put him onto IR after the final cut is made. So his IR stint would start after that if he does, in fact, Go on IR. I've been doing some research on this injury. The The span of strained calf is like, it could be three days. It could be six weeks. Like, yeah. it, it's it's the weirdest. I was like, okay, like, you could just be in pain or not. Like, it's your choice. But Joe Burrow, didn't Joe Burrow do the same thing, right? Strained yeah, calf. pretty much. How long was that? Like, two weeks, Joe Burrow? Yeah, and and I mean, like, he's he's getting ready to go, getting him something. Now, granted, right? Very different position. Very different as far as the contact that he well maybe not with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow got sacked a lot last year, so there's that. Right. Uh, but I think at a minimum, right right tackle we know Darnell Wright's on. Right yep. guard we know Nate Davis. Cody. Center right now he's listed as center. We know Cody Whitehair is going to make it. Yep. Tevin Jenkins, Braxton Jones, all yep. locks to make this team for sure. Yep. Here's where now I ask you, J Mac. How many linemen are you carrying into the season? Because Cody Whitehair with the cast on his hand, he cannot snap the football right now, but he can play left guard. Are you taking three centers into the season where you, you're holding on to Doug Kramer? You're hold, of course, I think Lucas Patrick is going to make it because his ability as a vet to play center yeah. and his contract. Are you taking three centers into the season? Yeah, that's tough. So right now, obviously, you named the five. So I'm just checking off who I think. Uh, and I'm not even looking at position. I'm just thinking, looking at the linemen that, who I would keep, right? Yep. I might have too many, but that we got to start somewhere. So I'm going to go, obviously, Lucas Patrick, Tari Carter, um, Alex Leatherwood, Larry Barone. And I have Doug Kramer as kind of like, a, you know, I don't know. I don't know. So how many is that? Five? That's. That's 10 guys right there. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I mean, I think I look at it like this, right? Lucas Patrick, right? He gives you that versatility because he can play guard as well. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Doug Kramer is just a straight up center, I think. Um, but you do have, obviously, you have flexibility there with Cody Whitehair and Lucas Patrick can give you guard and, and uh, center and guard reps. Um, the question is, right? Swing tackle, right? Can, can, Larry Broome, can he play right tackle? Can he play left tackle? You know what I'm saying? Wouldn't that be Leatherwood, though? Wouldn't that be the guy that you would want to throw? We've seen them throw him out there. I liked him more on the left side than the right side. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna have to do that because he yeah. can, he can play all you know all positions. He can yeah. play the guards. He can play the tackles. So yeah, I think Jatir Carter is he's more of a guard. You know, I don't know if you can put him out there and tackle. I'm not sure. I haven't seen him do it yet. Right. And he's been a guard for the most point uh, for the most part. So, I don't know. I think Kramer's going to be an interesting one. I don't know. You know, I'm not sure. I think definitely he's going to be on practice squad, 100%. For sure. He'll definitely make the practice squad. Bears want to keep him around. They like the work that he's put in. Yeah. But I, I, I think you might have to carry him onto the roster, right? Because here's the thing. Um, as much as I like Cody White here at, you know, 
the fact that we can still utilize him. The time we saw Lucas Patrick in there at center, those three plays versus the Patriots, basically, before he got hurt, he looked really good. The offense literally was just pushing down the field. But then I can't count on Lucas Patrick to be healthy. I have the same concerns about Lucas Patrick that I have about Tevin Jenkins. Now, that doesn't mean that I think that Doug Kramer's the answer at center. And remember, with a lot of this, right, there could be waiver wire pickups as well. Bears are number one in waiver wire pickups. Although if you're cutting a center, you're probably usually not cutting a great one. But maybe there's somebody who more specifically is used to playing the position and you look there. But just based off the conversation we're having right now, there's not... I don't think there's anybody else on the on the team that knows how to snap the football. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So that's, <laughs> if we keep them, that's ten right there. That's ten. You know that's what I'm a lot saying? Of I know that's what I'm that's saying. A lot of this line. is the thing too. When you look at the waiver wire, right? What's going to happen is, yeah, you teams are going to be cutting guys, right? Who may not be the best center, who may not be the best guard, who may not be the best tackle, right? But they're going to be cutting guys. Some teams are going to have to cut guys they really want to keep. Yeah, you hope they can hide, which they won't be able to. And the guys that they're trying to hide, the scouts already know. Like they've been doing their research, right? The scouts they've already, uh, you know, pre-scouted and looked at guys who may be possibly cut from other teams, and they're gonna weigh their skill set based upon the guy on based upon the skill set of the guys that we have right now. And if they see a guy and they say, you know what, this guy is better than Doug Kramer. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, yeah, he doesn't know our system yet, but his skill set and his potential is better than Doug Kramer, we're going to claim him off the waiver wire. Waiver wire. We're going to put Kramer on practice squad. And there may be another team who's looking at uh, Doug Kramer and saying, you know what, he's better than, you know, he's better than the backup center that we have. Yeah. Right? So we'll take Doug Kramer. So that's what's going to happen. There's going to be a lot of movement, a lot of shifting of players in terms of that nature based upon team needs. But 10, 10 linemen, I, I, you know, it's – Injuries. It's tough to it's tough to carry into the season. Yeah. I, I you are usually rolling with what right eight usually eight linemen heading into yep. the season. Yep. I mean you've got your starting five. See for me, I think I'm not gonna lie to you. I think Bourne might be odd man out in a situation like that. Even though he's gotten the time in there, yeah. I could see him being odd man out. I think you carry on Leatherwood. I think you carry on Lucas Patrick. I I I'm pretty sure you carry on Jatir Carter. So that's eight right there. Yeah, Jatari Carter, he played well. He played well, especially this last game. Borum played well this last game. Think about Borum, right? You cut Borum and say, we're going to put him on practice while he's gone. He's gone. Somebody's going to pick up Larry Borum. He's got starting experience. Just as a backup. Yes, he's got experience. You're not going to be able to hide him on practice squad. Now, they got some other guys, some young guys, uh, Dieter Iceland's a huge guy, man. Dude, he's a big, he's a big yeah. dude, man. Like, I think, you know, he may be a guy that can land on practice squad development. I think he's guy. practice squad destined, yeah. Developmental guy. Um, they got, I mean, they you get they got a bunch of you know guys they can develop that they can try to sneak on practice squad. I mean, there's 16, 16 spots on practice squad now, which is crazy because when I was playing, it was only five. <laughs> they went from five to like eight to like sixteen. It's I mean. But you have to with, with so many injuries that's yeah. going on. And it made me wonder, like, you know, how did teams, you know, back then, how did teams get get around doing things with just five practice squad spots? And that's why you saw so many transactions every week, because there was only five practice squad spots and they had to just shuffle things around, make sure that, you know, guys on that practice squad that they can move up in an instant. So, uh, yeah, O-line is going to be it's going to be interesting. It, it's going to be real interesting, man. Uh, Second quarter. 
We're going to keep this show moving along. We're going to jump into the second quarter here. Do want to let you know the second quarter is brought to you by the Hard Rock Casino in Northern Indiana. See Gypsy Kings featuring Nicholas Reyes on September 29th at Hard Rock Live. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. I knew that this was going to be a lengthy conversation because one, Tyson Bajan, come on, we got to talk about that young man. And the offensive line, ton of questions on the line. I think for the most part, though, we, we've kind of got our consensus on where we feel the line is going to be. Darnell Wright, Nate Davis, Cody Whitehair, Tevin Jenkins, Braxton Jones, maybe some transition between Borm and Kramer. That's what we differ. But Leatherwood, Lucas Patrick, and Tier Carter making the team right now. The wide receiver room is where it gets interesting because this also goes into the special teams conversation. It's a conversation that we have to have, I can say, with all uh, 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 confidence that Chase Claypool, Darnell Mooney, and DJ Moore are going to make this team. I think mm-hmm. we we got that one pretty well locked down. I'd say even Tyler Scott pretty well locked down, right? There's your four. Now here's where I believe the question marks come in. Does Equinamia St. Brown, could he be a surprise cut? Uh, uh, um, when you look at a Bayless Jones, what we've seen from him as a receiver versus a punt returner, haven't got to see it the last last week. Maybe we'll see it this week versus the Bills, but he hasn't been able to show us that he's better than the muffed punt. Does Dante Pettis make it, who's played none? Isaiah Ford, right? That's where we start to get into it. When you look at this wide receiver room, yeah. what are your thoughts, J-Mac? Where, who do you feel is a lock? Who do you feel is on the bubble? Yeah, obviously, DJ Moore, you said it already. Chase Claypool. Um Darnell Mooney, that's three. Tyler Scott's a lock. Obviously, fourth-round fourth draft pick. You're going to keep him. But, I mean, reality is, like, same thing. I talk about seeing more of those quarterbacks. I want to see more of Tyler Scott. We saw yeah. one preseason game, and he didn't have a great showing. You know, he had the fumble. Um, he didn't practice at all in Indy in the joint practices. Um, does he have a lot of potential? Yes. Does he have a lot of speed? Yes. But he's it's sad because he's hurt. And he's not getting the experience, the live reps that he needs in preseason. All rookies, like, the preseason is invaluable. But he's going to stick. Yeah, Bayless Bayless and Pettis, I think that's where it's going to get interesting because I think Pettis is the better um, punt returner. He's more – he's better at feeling those catches. He secures the catch. Like, he, when he's back there, when Pettis is back there, like, I'm not like, oh, please catch it. When Bayless is <laughs> right, I've never felt that. <laughs> right, and he showed that, like Bayless. Like, I mean, not Bayless, but uh, Pettis has showed that. You know, in practice, even at the joint camp, camp when he came back out, you know, he was catching everything. Right, Bayless. Now, this is this is Bayless, right? This is the thing with Bayless, and it, and it hurts because we know what he did in preseason game one. He had a great, great showing coming back day one of the joint practices out in Indy, and then he got hurt after that. You know what I mean? And then we lost him. We didn't see no more of him. And he's in a situation where he needs to be healthy because he needs to show that he can, you know, come back and be more consistent, especially at receiver. Uh, yeah. He needs to have, you know, if they put him back there as a return man, he's got to show the ability to make the secure catch, whether it's on punt return or kickoff return. But he's got to show the explosiveness to be able to return those kicks. Uh, so I, that's going to be interesting. I think I think uh, Equinemius St. Brown, I think he's going to make it. You know, they love his big body. Um is he is he a sure-handed receiver? No. We talked about PJ Walker early. You know, he threw early on in that game, he threw a, a I think it was the third down play. Equinemius yeah. dropped the routine catch. You know what I'm saying? So from a receiver standpoint, he's not going to be one of the better receivers. But in terms of having a physical receiver that can block and help you out and do a lot of things, he's the best 
you know, uh, run blocking receiver that we have. Yeah. Uh, Darius he's still best in the league if I'm not uh, if I'm not mistaken. He, he gets after it, man. He gets after it. So, you know, I like Isaiah Ford. I think he's a practice squad candidate. Yeah. Reese Fountain's a practice squad candidate. I got a he's chance. Shown to- something though, man. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Interview him too, man. After the game, and I, I really like that guy. I really yeah. like him a lot, man. Like he's even just being around him, like in Indy the whole time, and just you know being in a hotel with the guys and. He's an upbeat guy, and everybody likes that guy. Like everybody gravitates towards his personality. He's a hardworking guy. He he played play well in the joint practice. Obviously, play well in the preseason. He's a guy you're rooting for. Uh, it's just NFL. It's cliche, but it's a numbers game. Yeah, well, it's a numbers game. So I don't know if he's going to. You know, I'm not sure if he'll make it. So I, I mean, been in the league what three years? He was in Indy while Flus was there. So yeah. Flus has seen him. High draft pick too. I think what was he? Fourth, fifth, uh, fifth rounder. He was fifth rounder, 159th overall in the yeah. 2018 draft. Fifth rounder. So, I mean, receivers, you're going to keep what? Six at most. Six, probably at most. Yeah, I was going to say like six at most. So, normally you have, you're going in. Uh, probably six. Yeah. I was, yeah, yeah. So, DJ, you got DJ, you got Chase, you got Tyler, that's three, right? EQ, that's four. Mooney. Yeah, Mooney, that's five. And now it's you have Bayless, Pettis, and Fountain. I mean, that's that's who's gonna give me the better. Am I missing somebody? That's that's who you have, right? That's, here's, here's the no, you're you're hundred percent right. Here's the tough because I, I don't think Simba Webster makes the roster. I, nah, I think he's a practice squad guy. Yeah. I think Joe Reed's probably yeah. I, I I don't even remember seeing a play of Joe Reed, so I don't think he makes the roster at all, probably. Um that's tough to say, but my bad. Um it, it, your four right is, or your I guess your three then is Darius Fountain, Dante Pettis, Valus Jones. Yeah, and and a hey, Coach Hightower loves Valus Jones. Though. Um, I mean, Coach Hightower loves Valus Jones, and even he even spoke about that him. might keep him then if he loves yeah. him. He, uh, that probably keeps Val like it. It doesn't feel right to me because I've never I haven't seen Valus do good things. Yeah. But Outside of training camp, training camp, yeah. he's been phenomenal. When the lights come oh, yeah. on, I haven't seen him do good. Things. He, can, he can go, man. He 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 can go. He 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 can make. He's explosive, and I think yeah. that's what they like about him. And, and you look at uh, Coach Hightower, Coach Richard Hightower. Uh, he talked about it in his press conference the other day, right? They kept asking him questions about Bayless. Bayless says Bayless does. He making decisions, and he said, you know what? Yes, does Bayless? Did he misjudge? You know, especially in preseason game one, did he misjudge the ball off the bounce, and he should have got away from it, but. He says when he has the ball in his hands, he does a lot of explosive things. So he's like, it's our job to coach them up on those things. You know what I mean? You got to coach them up. And we've seen it. We've seen it before. We've seen it last year, the muffs and stuff like that. Um, but they love his, they love his playmaking ability. Have we seen a lot of it? No. But they see the potential that they have, right? So I don't know. Do they value the potential that they hope to see over Dante Pettis being a sure thing in terms of fielding returns? Or do they like? Oh, my dog's barking. You know, you know, like hey, hey, I, you know, I was like, like "What's going on? Are you, you know, like, are you okay?" You know, like Marvin. But or do they just <laughs> did they see enough from Darius Fountain and say, "You know what? This guy can can be a you know a special guy and help and receive." And the tough part is right when you're talking about this, you you like we said, you got to take the special teams into account, like. Listen, Tyler Scott knows to get the heck out of the way of the ball. He's a young guy. Dante Pettis, right? Like, if he makes the team, he knows, like you said, we don't have to worry about him. I think even, right, like, 
Listen, I love the explosive ability of Vegas Jones, but I love not giving the ball to the other team. You know who doesn't do that? Travis Homer. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but it don't matter what we like. I'm telling you, Coach Hightower, he loves Vegas Jones. He loves Vegas Jones. That's I mean, true. He said, I mean, first of all, he's, he's talk, he talks about him in his press conference, right? Yeah. The ability that Bayless has. But then also, right, what happens? He's back out there at punt returner, right? He's still number he's one. Still, he, he hasn't lost yeah. his job. He's still out there. So oh. I don't know. I mean, right now you'd have to say it's going to be Bayless. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, if you and like you ain't going to put Dante Pettis on practice squad. Uh, Darius is not going to. I don't think he would stick on practice. I, I think he'd actually get picked up. Yeah, I think he might get picked up too. So. I mean, I, I honestly, I think it's Bayless. Just so just Bayless is gonna make the team after. <laughs> I think it's Bayless, man. you know what it is, and Bayless, Bayless has been been blessed by circumstance. Yeah. The fact that Dante hasn't been able to go at all due to injury has absolutely made the case for Bayless Jones and Coach Hightower to basically just be like, "Yeah, keep him." I, I don't. I, I. I. don't disagree with you, but I. I don't like that. I don't disagree. Now, with you. the only way. Now, this is where it's going to get tricky, right? If Darius Fountain goes on and has a similar game that he had last week, yeah. that's when it's going to get interesting. And that's yeah. what he has to do. Like if Darius, I right now, he he's got to know that, right? These guys, we know it's a numbers game. I remember being at training camp and you know looking at positions and be like, man, this this you know this guy, this guy's you know he's in front of this person. Like, it's a numbers game, and players see that. They kind of see where they fit in. Um, so, Darius knows he's got to go out there and have another big game. Yeah. He wants to stick. You got to leave a lasting impression. You're only as good as your last game, and that'll be this Saturday for Darius. So, if he wants to make the roster, you got to have a similar game that you had in Indy. Let's look at this uh, running back room, because the running back room gets interesting. Running yeah, back room, easy. I think we know our three, right? Roshan, Khalil, Herbert, Deontay Foreman. This is easy. It's Travis. I think Tristan Ebner's gone. I'm not gonna lie to you. I, yeah. I I hate it. I mean, I just I think he's gone. I think it's done. I, I, I didn't even see him, and I don't know. You know, I was in the hotel, team hotel, with the guys the whole time. I don't. I don't remember seeing Tristan Ebner. And yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I don't know if he made the trip. He, <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. I didn't even see him. Like because he, I think. So look at game one. I think he had, and I don't want to put stuff out there, but head equipment manager Tony Medlin took his helmet. I think he had a concussion. I think that's what happened. So I don't know. I don't think he was on the trip in Indy. Um, you know, I don't. I haven't heard reports of him being at practice. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I he think, might he he might be he might be out already. He just knows it. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. That's uh, my real crazy. question on this is: Does Travis Homer make the roster? Travis Homer will make it. I think Travis Homer is going to make. It. He's a four phase special teams guy. Yeah. I mean, he's kickoff, kickoff return, punt, and punt return. He's a yeah. four special teams guy that you can put in at running back and has the ability to make plays. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I think it, I think he was – I mean, honestly, I mean, the running back thing, I've been sure about it the whole time. You know, so, so it's always been Khalil, obviously, Deontay, Rashawn, yeah. and Homer. Like, I felt like when they signed Homer that Ebner was out anyway, regardless of what he did. Right. Because he's not a better special teams player than, Hom- than Homer. No. I, 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 I mean – he doesn't fumble. He's better than I don't know. I, I'm not going to go back to it. I don't know. I've seen him catch the football is what I'm saying. I don't know. Uh, let's keep it moving. I think running back room's easy. I agree with you pretty much on those four. I didn't know. The, see, that's that's one that might be interesting when we talk about do you keep a Doug Kramer on the roster or not? Could Travis get the odd man out cut just based on I, I need more help on my offensive line? 
That's yeah, the yeah. only way I see yeah. him getting maybe missed on that. Yeah. It's, I mean, it just depends on how, like in those meetings, right, does does Hightower, you know, bang his, bang his hand on the table and say, I want Homer. Yeah. Because he's one of my core guys. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like if you go on the defensive side of the ball, Jalen Jones, like the first game, he made the first three tackles on kickoff. You know what I mean? Micah, Bas- Mike, Micah Baskerville, yeah. the first tackle on kickoff last week in Indy. Who's also shown you a lot he, of he's making some plays yeah. on the uh, <laughs> he's, he's like, plays out there. Like he's what you want, right? He, what, yeah. what do they say defensively, right? They have they have traits that they look for. They want long athletic guys that can run and hit. You know what I'm saying? Like Baskerville is one of those guys. And he played good college football. So he can be a four-phase guy for you. Not for sure. Like, so it, like and, and and the funny thing is Coach Hightower outside the locker room in India, I told him, I said, you know what? These young guys, they got to realize that I said they should be your best friend right now. Like they should be in your back pocket. Hey, Coach Hightower, you need you need somebody. You need somebody. You need somebody. Hey, you need somebody to punt. I'm a punt, but I'm about to punt. Like, he was laughing. He was like, J Mac, you know what? You're right. You're right. I said, Yeah, Coach. The young guys, like your key to getting on this roster, if you're a bubble guy, is through special teams. That is the key. There is no other way for you to make a roster if you're an under the radar guy. If you're not on all four phases of special teams, you got to get on the teams in order to make a roster as a young guy. It's going to be interesting to see. I think here is the conversation that everyone has been waiting for, J-Mac. The number one question that we have to pose to you, how many fullbacks are we taking into the season? Are we taking two fullbacks? Are we getting two fullbacks? <laughs> Robert on, Burns, Kari Blasen game. Are we getting two fullbacks? Man, I like Robert Burns, too. I like him a lot. So, in Robert Burns, like, He's not even really a fullback. Like, you know, like the, the dude, he went, he went to the University of Miami first before he transferred to UConn as a grad, uh, as a grad student. Robert Burns was the number 11 ranked running back, according to ours truly, ESPN, when he was coming out of high school. He's a running back. And you see how many carries he had in the indie game. He gives you that versatility, right, because he's big, so he can go in there and lead block, right? But he's athletic enough to catch passes and, and carry the ball. So – do I think they're going to keep him over Kyrie, uh, Kyrie Blasting game? No, but he he's a practice squad guy. Yeah. And he's like another guy, right, that you can move up if something happens later on in the season, right, to where he can give you – he can play fullback, but he can also be a four-phase special team guy because he has that athleticism, right, and he has that toughness to be able to do that. So he's a guy who's definitely, you know, a high practice squad candidate, like a for sure practice squad candidate to me. So then – you got or we got Kari Blazin game making it straight out the tight end room. I think you think you're carrying three tight ends in there. I, yeah, I think sure. Steven Carlson's not gonna make it. No. But Cole Komet, Robert Tunyon, Mercedes Lewis, I, I'm pretty sure you're carrying all three tight ends in there. Yeah, and Jared Peakney, um, we got waved injured. So he's yeah. not even yeah, he's not here. And Steven Carlson and Lachlan Pitts didn't really show me anything. Um, you know, matter of fact, Steven Carlson had that drop early on in the game pass from pj walker so yeah you know it's and then they're not really to me right when you look at when you when you're choosing guys for special teams pat when coach higher is looking at guys who can help my special team he looks at them he doesn't look at the positions they play on offense he just looks at them in terms of special teams right right so steven carlson and lachlan pitts are going against a uh micah baskerville they're going against a uh, Michael Walker, the new guy they brought in, another athletic linebacker. Right. They're really going against those guys to make special teams as well. 
And those two guys, Baskerville and Walker, are way more athletic than Carlson and Pitts. So, I mean, as of right now, as I just did a quick count here, we're taking 27 from the offense, 27 players on the offensive side, 26 to 27, depends on kind of what they do with Kramer. Yeah. It feels about right. It feels yeah. about right. And I'm not I'm not upset with that. I don't think that we overvalued anybody too much. I think that we value people based off of the injuries that we have right now. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I said this yesterday on the podcast. The injury list to me is going to get a lot shorter really, really quick when week one rolls around because I think that okay. these are nicks, bruises, that you can speak to it as a player. You, you never have a 100% healthy game. You come into the season and basically just go tape it up. Let's go. We got we're out here. I got a little soft tissue thing. It's not going to stop me from playing today. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's and it's a lot easier to get up for a practice when you're practicing for Green Bay than getting up for a preseason game when you're practicing against Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> we've been in training camp all weekend. Like I'm. Hey, you, you trusted might not even made the trip. You know what I mean? Like, no, I'm just, I'm just nah, like, I, I don't think I, I wouldn't even try to be funny, man. Like, I, <laughs> I man, I, I, man, I've been there. I've been under that helmet. You know, yeah. I've been there, man. I've been one of those guys. You know what I'm saying? One of those guys trying to fight to make a roster spot. So, you know, I say all this stuff with respect because I, I know what them guys are going through, and yeah. I want all those guys to make it. You know what I mean? But it's just the honor. It's just the real world of the NFL. It's, I didn't see Ebner. I can see, weirdly enough, I can see Treston getting picked up by another team, though. Yeah, 100%. Like he's, he's not, he's he's not bad. He's just, he's the odd man out in this numbers game. Numbers game. And I think, especially as a, a, a special teamer, a guy that can return punts, yeah. can return kickoff, stuff like that, I, I, I think he'll end up still being an NFL player. Yeah, oh, well, that, uh, he's out. explosive. You know, he just, it's just, it happens, man. Like, in, you know, some guys, you, you stick with the team that drafted you, and then some guys you don't. But what happens is, you know, how many guys have we seen? This is probably another podcast, making a little segue here, but <laughs> a lot of guys, right, there's been a lot of guys who may not have had the best career in Chicago, but then they've left, and they've really exploded as a player, or they've left uh, and, left and won Super Bowls. <laughs> there's a ton of guys. Uh, that uh, let's, not, let's not go down that road. Let's talk there, about There have been a lot of guys that left and won the Super Bowl. Uh well, uh, uh, I've been jealous of him. I'm like one of one of one of your teammates, right? Or was he going by then? Uh, uh, Shay McClellan. Wasn't Shay McClellan your teammate or no? Was, was he tough. after you? I wasn't even referring to Shay. No, man, I, ain't. I was gonna say he went. He went on it. He went on to win. Yeah, what was the beef there? What was that? What? No, I wasn't no beef. I'm just messing with you, man. I was playing. Corey Did Graham. See that? Corey, Did everybody I, see that at home? <laughs> I was gonna throw out my man Corey Graham. My man Corey Graham. <laughs> Corey Graham left here, right? He went to Baltimore. Yeah. He became a pro bowler on special teams and won a Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Corey Graham left Baltimore, went to Philly, ended up being their starting nickelback. And, and what did he do? Won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Two rings. Yeah. And Corey Graham came here as a rookie, was really good on special teams here. I think Corey was like a fifth or sixth round draft pick, right? Um, so another guy from New Hampshire who yeah, came nah. in and, and and made it made the roster because he was a beast on special teams. Yeah, and he made his entire career on special teams. Who was uh, uh, Arizona's running back? James. He was he was on our practice squad, and they ended up picking him up. James, like two years ago. James Conner. James Conner was on our practice squad. James Conner was not on our practice. Squad. Wasn't James? Con no, not James Conner. No, I would. James Conner. Conner would have never been on our practice squad. I think James Conner came from the Bears, dog. 
or maybe yeah, you know maybe who was here, you know who was here with us. People don't realize Raheem Mostert was was on. Was Raheem Mostert is who I was thinking. I'm not James yeah, Conner. James Conner was ahead of Raheem Mostert. Yeah. James Conner got hurt and Raheem Mostert started cooking. Raheem yeah. Mostert was who I was thinking Raheem of. You're absolutely right. Raheem Mostert was here. He left here, went to 49ers, and obviously with the Dolphins and. Made yeah, James Conner was at Pittsburgh. James Conner was yeah. the draft. Yeah, I remember James Conner. James Conner was uh, right after um, Le'Veon Bell left. That's who. That's who. Uh, yeah, yeah. Raheem Mostert was was who I was thinking of, and he went on to be a heck of a running back in this league as well. One of the best um, running backs in the league. Third let's let's keep this thing moving on into the third quarter, man, because there is a a special player that is very close to Bears fans' hearts. That is trying to make a comeback in this league. And with the instability that the Bears have had on the punt position, I think that he might be somebody that the Bears could look at. I don't think there's going to be, there's not the same connection at all. Tariq Cohen trying to make his comeback. Tariq Cohen has gone through multiple injuries since uh, uh, leaving the Chicago Bears. Um, he, of course, tore his, I believe, his ACL while he was here. I, I I'll never remember forget. Um, I was watching his IG live when you heard his Achilles pop. Now I don't even know if this this injury has ever been reported uh, on paper or whatever it was, but like I, it was an Achilles. Like you saw him grab the back of his heel. You heard literally what sounded like a gunshot go off, and he just hit the floor and said, "Cut the live." Um, that was one of the most heartbreaking moments yeah. for me as a Bears fan. Will Tariq Cohen make an NFL return at all? And could the Bears be looking at him as a possible option yeah. on this team? It's it's a great question because here's a guy before injury was one of the most dynamic, you know, players in the league because he can do so many things, you know. And it's tough coming off injuries like that, right? The first thing that you say, can he be as explosive or can he be close to the same player he was? Yeah. Uh, second of all, he was out of football all of the last year. Yeah. So the more you're away from football and you're not playing in these in these other leagues, not getting you know football experience, uh, they start to the, the scouts start to look away from you, right? Because you haven't been around the game, you haven't been playing the game at a, at a competitive level. So it's hard to say. You know, do, do I think he'll get some workouts? I think so. I think the body of work that he had when healthy will warrant him getting some workouts. Uh, it, it just it just depends on the shape of the team. You know, what type of yeah. situation they're in. I think will be Tariq's best opportunity. And I think his best opportunity may even come, you know, middle of the season, later in the season when a lot of injuries mount up and you're looking for guys with experience, you're looking for guys that can give you versatility. You know, he can be one of those guys in terms that you can look at and say, you know, we're going to bring him in because he has experience. And if he, and if the workout goes well, right, then he's an, he's a guy who, you know, we could bring in and he can be one of our guys. So it's hard to say. I'm pulling for him because I love Tariq when he was in a Bears uniform. He's got a lot of highlights in the Bears uniform, made a lot yeah. of plays in the Bears uniform. Obviously, he was great to the fans, was a great guy, a high-character guy, was a fan favorite. So now I'm thrilled that he's able to come back. hate to see players' uh, careers get derailed due to injury. So it was good to see Tariq making a comeback, and hopefully you know, he does land on the roster. To me, he's a guy who, listen, I mean, like, he's your he's a gadget guy of sorts, right? He's probably mostly a gadget guy. But people forget in 2018, he got targeted 91 times, brought in 71 passes for 725 receiving yards. He was getting 10 yards per reception. 
He's five nine, five ten at best, maybe. Like with with all the clean. I'm wrong. He's five six. I was like, I, I had to scroll up. I was like, I, I feel like I'm giving him a lot of height. He's five six. Like I'm not gonna sit here and take away from him what we saw because of the height factor in there, and also because of the naggy Mitch factor in there as well. Um, with a better quarterback, with a better you know offensive scheme in front of him. I think that he could make a comeback in this league. I think that the question is, is he going to be able to stay healthy? Is he going to be able to overcome injuries? Tariq Cohen's last year playing football is 2020. Yeah, see what I mean? That's the that's the problem. And when you get further away from the game and you're not playing in an, another league, CFL, XFL, you know, there's yeah. other opportunities now. They look at you and say, you know, this guy has been away from the game too long. He hasn't played competitive football. For a long time it's one thing to go out there and work out and run routes on air but it's another thing to be hit tackled to the ground you know what i'm saying and in a competitive environment so i think that'll be his biggest knock he's gonna have to have a heck of a workout i think to open up somebody's eyes yeah uh, but the good thing for him is he has a lot of good tape he's got a lot of good you know stats and when he when, when he was healthy he was real productive so that's what yeah. he does have going for him the nicknames for Tariq cohen of course the human joystick yeah Quit. Or chicken salad. Where did that come in? Where? I don't know. But I know the human joystick, when he was coming out, you look at his highlights. He's at North Carolina A&T, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, his highlights was ridiculous. Man. He was he was crazy. Like, when we got him, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, he's 5'6", but, like, man, he, he ain't a regular 5'6". He's a sturdy dude. There's he's chicken salad because he can make chicken salad out of chicken shit. <laughs> that's all what right. Did. Okay. That's all right. Shout out to the, to the producer jumping in for the clarification. He jumped, on in. That. He jumped in smooth, didn't he? <laughs> Fourth quarter. Hey, I love it, man. Hey, let's finish it off here, man. We got some great fan questions here in the fourth quarter. Hope to see Tariq Cohen, of course, make a comeback. Uh, but man, we got we got a lot of people looking to talk to you today, J Max. So let's run through some of these real quick. Starting off with my boy, just another year. He said, "Where do you see the running back room ranking in the NFL at the end of this season?" Good question. Um, I got to see. It, you know, it's hard to answer that because I want to see final rosters to see what other running back rooms have first. You know, what I mean, I think we're in a good a good spot. I mean, Khalil. Can like my man Alex Brown says, can take it 88 out the gate, which means he can take it a distance. Yeah. Anytime. Uh Rashawn Johnson, physical runner, good pass protector, but also going to be effective in the passing game. Deontay Foreman, I mean, when he got his opportunities in the coast, he showed you a little bit of everything. You know, he can run that ball up, you know, in, in between the tackles. You know, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. Back has got a lot of experience. So I think, man, our running back room, we're good, man. We got a little bit of everything. And, and the beauty of it is we got young, hungry guys getting opportunities. So that's what I love about our running back room, right? You don't have a guy who's been the number one guy, right? You have guys fighting to be the number one guy, every single one of them. So, uh, you know, I love our running back room, but I don't know where we'll rank. I need to see what everybody else has when, this final when the final rosters come out. Question here from uh, at Jose underscore FYB. I love being on a podcast. What uh, what are ways Blazing Game can make a huge impact in the offense as a fullback? Hey, if they let him, he can. Like, get him the ball like we saw, you know, the like, give him some opportunities. Like I, the, the guy is, he's a good fullback because he's versatile, right? And 
He can block, right? You can He can catch. I think you can give him some carries as well. Like, he's a weapon, right? He's not just a blocker. He can do those things, but he can be effective in terms of, you know, getting out for an outlet pass, you know, being yeah. a safety valve for a quarterback. A lot of things that I was, a lot of things I was able to do here in Chicago, you know, go out there and catch the ball on the flat, you know, doing some things, getting a carry and short yardage on the goal line. He can do all of those things. So he has a versatility and he's a four phase special teams guy. So now I think you do have to, if you want to add a little more spice and flavor to your offense, make the defense def- defend every blade of grass and every player. And Hey, you know, get the ball to, uh, to blasting him out in the flat. He can do those things. We've seen it before. Just got to give him the opportunities. At Baki Dollar 22 says, what week is the best to truly evaluate what our team is and what their identity is? What week? D- get opening day. <laughs> <laughs> September 10th. That's when we're going to identity. That's the, that's the ultimate identity test. Can yeah. we finally beat Green Bay? I don't give a dang if who's at quarterback. Can we beat Green Bay at home? Period. That's There's going to be a lot right of upset people on this podcast if we lose week one. Oh, man. I'm, I'm like, hey, if we don't beat Green Bay, I'm not doing the podcast. No more. <laughs> Every time we get on a podcast, I'm going to be like this. Don't <laughs> so, J-Mac, how you feeling? This is my answer. I know answer. This is my facial expression. <laughs> That's all I'm do. <laughs> uh Chicago Sun Times dropping it. That I like I like this one actually. I wish I could share this. How he's got it spelled is Chicago S O N T Y M E S. I like that. I like that. Okay. Chicago Sun Times. Who's the toughest person you had to block? Man, a lot of them. Man, people ask me that question all the time, right? So, man, you know, them D linemen is tough. And 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 them D linemen like you're not even blocking them, but you run into them on accident. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember we played the Detroit Lions and they had a defensive tackle by the name of Sean Rogers. And you see, I'm rubbing my shoulder because I'm thinking. <laughs> right now. It reminded you. <laughs> Every time I talk about Sean Rogers, now I rub my shoulder. My shoulder hurts right now thinking about it. So, uh, you know, a play in which I had a check down over in the middle of the ball, Sean Rogers' defensive tackle, and they did some type of twist on the inside. And as I was going through the line of scrimmage, uh, you know, make them away to my check down route. I didn't even, I'm t- I wasn't even trying to block Sean Rogers, but I ran into him. Boom. And I swear my shoulder felt like it came off my body and he didn't move. And I, man, I remember running off the field. And I was like, Ooh. I remember running up to our running back coach, uh, Tim Spencer, like, Spence. <laughs> I couldn't <even> start, like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, check my, I'm like, check my shoulder. But I'm like, I ain't got no shoulder. Collarbone, shoulder, clavicle, all the above. You see, I'm rubbing it right now. But hey, man, hey, that's a that's a good one in the pot, all right there. Because Dot Sean uh, Pat Sean Rodgers was about (laughs) the University of Texas. He's about three twenty, three thirty. Could move too strong as an ox. Like he, yeah, I'm about to go to the to the uh, get an MRI on it right now or something. <laughs> hey, Chicago Bears podcast fourth quarter will always be the fans quarter. You send more questions. We'll drop in more answers from our experts here. We appreciate you guys for tuning in and showing love. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the page, man, and make sure that you leave a five star review for Jason McKee. I'm Pat the Designer. Back at it again. Bear down, Chicago. Chicago Bear Bears down. podcast. Bear down.